This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the MLB Pipeline Podcast with your host, Ed Randall. Hi, everybody. I'm Ed Randall, and welcome to the MLB.com Pipeline Podcast. I'm joined by our draft and minor league experts, Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo. Well, it's now September, that uh, bizarre time in the major leagues when they expand rosters with call-ups from the minors. No other sport does this, but it's an exciting time as teams get a glimpse of what they hope will be a bright future. Who would you guys uh, like to see called up? I'll start with you, Jim. Well, I mean, I think the, the the best prospect we might see called up, although I don't think it's definite, is Corey Seager with the Dodgers. He's the best prospect in the minor leagues right now. But he doesn't have to be protected on on the 40-man roster for the Dodgers until after the 2016 season. So it's unclear whether they will call him up. I mean, I think he'd be a better option than Jimmy Rollins at shortstop or Justin Turner at third base. So it remains to be seen uh, if that will happen. Um, I do think the best guy that we'll, we'll see for sure is probably Joey Gallo with the Rangers because he's already been up this year. He homered off Clayton Kershaw in June. He's on the 40-man roster, obviously. So it is not like you have to make room to call him up. Not sure he'll get a lot of playing time with Texas competing for a wild card spot, and he's had some strikeout issues. But yeah, I think he's probably the safest bet to be the best prospect called up, and and hopefully we'll see Seager too. Jonathan, yeah, I think uh, I mean Gallo is definitely coming up, and probably use off the bench, and it gives him a little depth. He can play you know an outfield corner. He can probably play either infield corner. So it just gives them some flexibility if they need to make some moves, or if they want to just send them up to. To pinch hit and hope they they catch lightning in a bottle. Um, you know, Jose Peraza I think is an interesting guy. I mean, he was the best prospect in that big Dodgers Braves Marlins three for all trade. Uh, he was up very very briefly, uh, and then you know the Dodgers got Chase Utley, so Peraza's not going to play much, but. Uh, you know, he can move around a little bit. He's got some speed. And I think that's one of the things that you have to look for in general uh, when trying to figure out who's going to get called up one, and, and Jim alluded to this, is uh, the 40-man roster status. If they're on the 40-man roster, chances are they're going to get called up at some point. It's kind of almost a, a no-brainer. Uh, two, is there a tool that can help a team in a playoff run uh, if a guy's not going to play every day. Uh, so if a guy's got power, if a guy's got speed, uh, or if it's a bullpen guy, uh, then I think there's a better chance you're going you're to see him get called up uh, where he could you know, maybe give guys the opportunity. So uh, th- those are probably the two guys uh, that make the most sense to me. I'd love to see Frankie Montas get called up by the White Sox. Obviously, they're not, uh, they're not competing, but uh, I would love to see just uh, that fastball play for a couple of starts in September as an audition to next year. Uh, Jonathan, let me stay with you. Uh, uh, any top prospect you'd like to see who won't get called up? Well, 
I'm, you know, at the risk of being a homer, you know, here in Pittsburgh, I think the guy that everyone would love to see here is Tyler Glass now, uh, and he's not going to get called up. Um, he's not on the 40-man roster. Uh, he doesn't have to be. Uh, uh, I have to check that, uh, double-check that before I sound so definitive about it. But more than anything else, uh, the only way that they would call him up uh, is is to start, and if they think that he's one of going to be one of their top three starters, and I don't really see uh, that happening. Actually, he does need to be added to the 40-man roster at, uh, at the end of this offseason, so uh, that would work in his favor, but they don't have any plans, and they haven't really even discussed the possibility of using him out of the bullpen. Uh, I think he could provide a lift uh, for, the, for the starting rotation here in Pittsburgh, uh, but you know there have been some command issues. I think there's no question he could get big league hitters out. Uh, it's a question of whether or not he could throw enough strikes to stay in the game long enough uh, for it to make to be a worthwhile move. Um, but uh, he's the guy I think that, boy, that would be fun to see him uh, pitch uh, in, a, in a playoff race and, and maybe even in, you know, in find room on a playoff roster, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Jim, uh, any top prospect you'd like to see uh, who won't get called up? Yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll stay with the Dodgers. Uh, and I said this last year, I, I thought Julio Urias could have helped them. I think he's, he's clearly the best left-hander in the minors. They've done a good job of keeping his innings down because he's so young. He, he just turned 19 in August. He had some surgery, surgery to repair an eye issue that kept his innings down this year. They, they, they've, they've avoided rushing him, even though stuff-wise he could probably pitch in the big leagues. And I, if I were the Dodgers, I mean, given the bullpen problems they had last year, given the bullpen problems they've had this year, I would call up Urias, who has not pitched a lot of innings, and I would also call up Jose De Leon, who a right-hander who was leading the minors in strikeouts per nine innings last time I checked, and use them both out of the bullpen in September. Uh, you know, you don't have to pile a lot of innings on, but they can help you. I mean, the Dodgers are not a lock to make the playoffs of the way their season's gone. I mean, they still have work to do. And, you know, you might find out, you know, if these guys respond well, you know, in, in that action, you know, maybe you trust them and you add them to the postseason roster. So so if, if it were my choice, I'd like to see those guys. And I'm with Jonathan. I mean, Tyler Glass now, I, I would do the same thing with the Pirates. I, I agree with him. I haven't heard any plans to call him up or, or Josh Bell, for that matter. But I would use Glass now out of the bullpen. You know, use him in some low – you know, use him in the fifth or sixth inning. Break him in that way. Uh, he's got a fastball that might be, you know, about the toughest fastball to hit in the minor leagues. And, you know, if you find out you have something, maybe he makes a, a contribution in the bullpen in October. And we all saw what, what K-Rod did for the Angels in 2002, a little different situation because he was a reliever in the minors. But, uh, you know, I think the, that Urias and Jose De Leon and Tyler Glass would all have that potential. Okay, let's uh, talk about the Arizona Fall League. It's uh, ramping up with, uh, again, talent brimming, featuring the game's greatest prospects. Jonathan, by your count, you've got nine guys in the top 100 that will be playing. Tell us about the AFL. Yeah, I mean, obviously every year the Fall League is uh, a great collection of, of minor league prospects all in the in the same place and the Official rosters are, are being announced on Tuesday afternoon, uh, at least the preliminary rosters. Uh, when people go and look, uh, they're not complete. There are a lot of holes to fill. Several teams haven't announced all their players. But uh, with this first release, we have nine guys uh, it, from the top 100. It's down from, from a year ago. Last year, the preliminary rosters had 20 top 100 guys. Now, I don't – there's often a lot of moves. I'd have to go back and check to see if you know, some of those guys dropped out. Um, 
uh, you know, and uh, and things of that nature. But uh, the top guy that I think people will be interested in is J.P. Crawford. Uh, the Phillies' tremendous shortstop prospect is number five overall in the top 100. Um, and uh, this is a guy who is only 20 uh, and uh, is already in double A. So he's the kind of guy – it's close to 60% of players playing the fall league that go on to the big leagues. And a lot of them use it as a springboard and make it the very next season. And even though he's only 20, uh, I think that he has the opportunity to impact the, the Phillies big league team at some point in 2016. He'll probably you know, start the year uh, in the minors. But if he has a really good fall league and uses that to a really good spring, he could make uh, the decision a little more difficult for, for a team that's rebuilding. So, He's probably the the top guy. Um, you know, Austin Meadows of uh, the Pirates uh, is going to be there. Alex Reyes is the best pitching prospect uh, by far who, who's going to be there. Uh, but, uh, you know, beyond the top 100 guys, there's a lot, almost 100 guys from top 30 lists. So even if the elite elite talent isn't there, there is going to be a good assortment of uh, overall talent. Uh, and it's always uh, a fun time to go out and, and get to see them play all all at the same time. I love the AFL. Uh, Jim, uh, your thoughts on the AFL? Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I think we were spoiled a little bit the last two years. Uh, I thought the last two years uh, the talent was a little deeper. I mean, there, there's always talent in the AFL, but just in terms of, of name talent, I, I thought it was deeper than I'd remembered previously, especially on the pitching side. I don't know if it was just kind of a happy coincidence. I mean, usually you don't see top pitchers there. Yeah, Alex Reyes is the one exception, the only top 100 pitcher there right now that we know of. You usually don't see him there unless they had a, a, a non-serious injury that that was serious enough to limit their innings, but not anything that's too worrisome. You know, and, and that's what happened with Reyes. He had a minor shoulder issue this year, which, which kept his innings down. But you, you, you've had all kinds of, of quality pitchers there the last few years, and, and not so far this year. I mean, it, it is always interesting to see guys. Um, you know, maybe we'll have some more added. I know Jonathan and I were talking uh, off the air. You know, don't have, I don't think, a complete Dodgers roster yet. And, you know, Julio Urias's innings were down. And maybe if he doesn't get that call-up that I've wanted him to get for two years, we'll <laughs> see him in the fall league. That would be exciting. I mean, we, we will see, you know, on the pitching side, and the pitching as thin as it does look right now, we will see Ray Black, who's probably the hardest thrower in the minors on a consistent basis, has problems staying healthy. But, I mean, he might put up a 103 or 104 this fall in Arizona. He's capable of doing that. And he's on the same Scottsdale team with Nick Birdie, who can also reach 100 miles an hour. So there'll be some bullpen fireworks there. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a good mix of prospects. You know, I, I'm always interested in seeing guys like Wilson Contreras of the Cubs with Mesa, who's emerged as one of the best catching prospects in baseball this year. And catcher, catching position is down in the minors, but he's interesting. you got a couple of Yankee sleepers who haven't been hyped but who are really intriguing to me. And, and shortstop Tyler Wade and, and outfielder Dustin Fowler will be on that surprise roster. Uh, Rowdy Telez has had a breakout season with Salt River. He'll, he should be one of the best power hitters there. And you've got guys, frankly, who are, who are trying to put things back together a little bit. I mean, a year ago, D.J. Peterson was firmly ensconced on the top 100, and, and he had a rough year in the Mariners' system. And he's going to try to recapture the magic. I mean, a couple years ago, that, that guy looked like he might be the – 
the, the best hitter in terms of combination of power and average in the 2013 draft. So, I mean, it's a chance for guys like that to, to get back on track. So, even if the names aren't as, as luminous as we, we, we've seen, at, you know, at least the preseason roster-wise the last couple of years, there's certainly plenty of guys to watch. And I second Jonathan's opinion. It's I think the AFL is a tremendous place to go. And, and any fans who are listening to this – and Obviously, you're a fan. You wouldn't be listening to a baseball podcast. I, I cannot stress enough what a treat the Fall League is. I mean, it's basically like going to spring training, but you're seeing almost all the guys you see are prospects. It's not a mix of prospect and or guys if you're going on a backfield. And you, you, it's basically all the positives of spring training without all the traffic because it's not nearly heavily as attended. So anybody who's listening to this, if you, if you thought about going to the Fall League, it, it is one of my favorite baseball experiences. And, and, and mine, yeah, too. Just, uh, Go ahead, Jonathan. If I could just interject real quick. I just, uh, one of the things that, you know, stood out of two other names I want to throw out, because you, you mentioned power, and, uh, you know, again, not top, top prospects, but, uh, you know, uh, A.J. Reed is actually a very good prospect. He's one of the top 100 guys. He leads the minors in, in homers. But you've got Tyler O'Neill, uh, who's got 30 homers, then Adam Brett Walker, the second of the Twins, who, uh, it's worth going to watch him take batting practice. He hits the ball about as hard and as far as anybody. But, uh, I think in general, um, even though the last couple of years has been really good, uh, there was a stretch of time where the Fall League uh, was even more exciting because some of the more advanced college guys from the previous year's draft who signed late would go straight to the Fall League. So sometimes you get a chance to see those guys for the first time uh, there. You know, Steven Strasburg went to the Fall League. I mean, things like things of that nature. With the changing of the draft rules and everyone has to sign – by mid-July, they're all going out and playing. So, by and large, we're not seeing as many of those guys. Although I am a little surprised that uh, some of the some of the college bats maybe uh, aren't aren't on the rosters as of yet. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, opening days October 13th. There's going to be a lot of shifting around uh, of rosters to see who gets added between uh, now and then. Uh, a couple of last-minute transactions. I want reactions from both of you. Jonathan, you first. Uh, the Mets needed a seventh-inning guy, and they reached out to Arizona for Addison Reed. They gave up uh, pitcher Matt Cook. What about him? Yeah, I think I think if uh, everything comes together, Cook will be a seventh-inning guy. Ironically, uh, you know, they he had been a reliever in college. Uh, the Mets developed him as a starter, and he was moving along okay. He was having some command issues. Uh, they moved him back to the bullpen this year, and he's was throwing uh, really well, uh, missing a lot of bats, uh, you know, still having some command issues. Uh, the, the Diamondbacks have a bunch of hard-throwing relievers in their system, uh, and that's why Cook didn't make it into the back end of the top there. You can make an argument that he belongs – 26th, 27th, which is about where he was on the Mets' top 30 at the time of the trade. And if we need a replacement at any point in time, he'll be the first guy to, to move back on to the top 30. But a you know, hard thrower, you know, he fits the profile of a you know, setup guy at best uh, kind of guy. He did close some games uh, this year in the Mets' system. I think the command needs to improve a little bit uh, if he wants to have any chance of doing that at the highest level. But I think he is an Addison Reed-type uh, or who Addison Reed is now, you know, not the closer version of them, but, you know, guy who to pitch the seventh, maybe the eighth inning if everything comes together for him. Uh, August 31st, we're past it. The waiver deadline, which produced two deals for outfielders. The Dodgers get Justin Ruggiano from Seattle. The Giants parted Jim with one of their top 30 prospects uh, to Boston to get Alejandro Diazza. 
Yeah, they, they gave up uh, left-handed Luis Isla, who has really had a rough year. A year ago, he led the uh, South Atlantic League with a 2.45 ERA in his full-season debut. This year, uh, that's more than doubled, uh, almost tripled. He's got a 6.21 ERA in the High Class A California League, which is a difficult place to pitch. You know, he's been battered around. The positive side is he does have 95 strikeouts and 79 and two-thirds innings, and they've used him as both a starter and reliever this year. I think this guy's a potential seventh or eighth inning lefty down the road. Um, you know, 23, so he, he's not young for where he is, uh, you know, in terms of the minor league ladder. But, you know, he's a lefty who throws from a low slot. There's a lot of effort in his delivery, uh, but he can hit 97. Um, you know, his changeup is better than his slider most of the time. But, uh, you know, I think if you make this guy a full-time reliever and you get him to throw a few more strikes, which, you know, is easier said than done, but if you could do that, you could have a mid-90s lefty from a low angle who would be tough on lefty hitters and maybe contribute. You know, not a major guy, but, again, I mean, you know, Alejandro Daz, it's not like he was in the Red Sox long-term future. I mean, I think they've kind of settled. It looks like their outfielder, outfield, and it's an exciting young outfield. It's going to be Mookie Betts, Rusne Castillo, and Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, that's been a very dynamic outfield, and they've, pl- they've played better. You know, those guys have played well in August. So Alejandro Daz didn't have a future in Boston, and you get a potential left-handed uh, bullpen piece for him in Luis Isola. Uh, Great work by both of you guys. Thank you so much, uh, Jim and Jonathan. And on behalf of Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis, I'm Ed Randall. Thanks for listening to the MLB.com Pipeline Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.